Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 207 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined by Dave Hogue. Hello. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I am. I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. (laughs) Things are, you know, it's been a good, it's been a good, I don't know, couple weeks, man. So, yeah. Enjoyable. The weather's been beautiful. You know? Yeah, it finally cooled off down here. Formula One comes back this weekend. I know. I thought we had to wait a whole other week. College football starts. Yeah. Oh, man. It's it's, it's about to be the happy time of the year, Dave. Yeah, I like this time of year. My birthday's next month. Not that I'm really thrilled about that. (laughs) But it's a very unexciting number. Wah, wah. But alas, that's Unexciting, not exciting, huh? It is. 36. Whoop de doo. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing changes. Just guess not. Although that might they put kinda, me. They kind of become that way. Yeah, like, I know. And it's fine. Then you start measuring in decades. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm not ready for that yet. But it does make me in my. I think this might be a demographic shift, too. Being thirty six, because you oh, got yeah. you got like, like you, you, you have to check that thirty six to forty box, or no, uh, well, like a thirty six <laughs> to fifty five box. Really, it's like oh, I know yeah. I'm at the bottom of this, but boy, that goes high. <laughs> at the end of this, I'll be uh, getting my AARP stuff in the mail. Hey, I have mine. <clears throat> Do you enjoy your cheap coffee at McDonald's? I don't really use that very often. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. You're not that old, Dave. I don't 50? buy it. That's all you have to it. be to join. You'll always be, what, 38 to me? <laughs> okay. But that means I get to be 23, so, you know. There you go. <laughs> Gosh, 23-year-old me. Do you remember him? What a putz. <laughs> what a putz. Is that a is that a bad word? Yeah. What I just said? No. Okay. Good. No. <laughs> well, all right. That was a rip roaring introduction. Yes, sir. What are we uh, What are we doing this week, Dave? We're doing chapter four here of hearing God, which is our community, uh, <laughs> our communicating cosmos. <laughs> All right, you nailed it. I'm proud of you. Good job. Yes, our communicating cosmos. Um, So there's a couple things at the beginning of the chapter, but I think I would rather just skip to the the four negative responses and the four truths that Dallas counters them with, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that that was certainly my thought as well. All right, we're on the same page. It's like we've been doing this for a while. So... These four negative responses that I'm about to uh, share with you guys is about uh, this this whole concept of God talking to us and us hearing him. And so these are four negative responses that people would give to that entire concept. The first one is that God would not communicate with run-of-the-mill human beings by surrounding them with his presence and speaking to them. So God willfully just wouldn't, he just wouldn't do it. 
That's just not something God would do. That's the first negative response. The second one is that he does not communicate with them in any way. The third one is that he cannot communicate with us. And then the fourth one is that God should not communicate with individuals, as Dallas has indicated that he does. So would not, should not, or sorry, would not, does not, cannot, should not. Yes. That's, that's a lot of negativity, Dave. It is. But hey, we're going to talk about the uh, the four responses that Dallas has to those in this chapter. The first is that God would talk to us. Yes. And so he gives an example of Jesus for Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, where it says, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And he says, Our Lord's phrase, such as these, includes many characteristics of children, but here I want to stress the element of unimportance. The humanly unimportant ones are important to God. God being who he is, and now revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, we should be surprised if he does not speak to us. Um, and then there's another quote we can read here in, in a second, but um, your initial thoughts on on this idea that God would choose to speak to us. Hmm. Well, I, you know, I think one of the first things that Dallas does is he kind of, you know, he frames it in that we got to get past this idea of, God being the equivalent of like somebody important in our world in terms of like a dignitary mm-hmm. or, or something like that. And I would say, um, I can kind of relate to that one a little bit. Not like, not that I don't think that God doesn't speak to us, but I'd certainly have this kind of like God's busy. And I, <laughs> we've talked about that, you know, <laughs> earlier in, in other chapters. So I, I, you know, I don't think, yeah. So, so, so for me, uh, I don't get hung up on the, um, he would or wouldn't, but I'm certainly kind of fall into that camp of like, he doesn't need to, to, well, maybe it's kind of the reverse. I don't think I'm that important for him to talk to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and that's certainly what you just demonstrated, um, is or just read uh, in referencing the Matthew uh, verse, is that you know he very much um, wants all of us, and I think there's kind of that implication with this verse of, you know, and and if you think about it, uh, we've kind of all been in that situation where kids are doing something they're being loud they're being rambunctious they're doing something and and the adults are kind of like okay stop like it's adult time go away like don't don't interrupt and um you know if god has if god has the time which i don't even know that that even just sounds weird coming out my mouth if god has time for the little kids then he has time for all of us which um yeah so I guess for me, in my ramblings here, um, I get more hung up on just not being that important 
mm. for him to talk to me with great frequency. Yeah. Well, I so I think I'm gonna kind of gonna veer out and and, and come back uh, and join you where, where you just landed because uh, I want to. It's not. This is not just the only example of Jesus highlighting the fact that the humanly unimportant people are important to him, right? Who he hangs out with. The people he recruits to be his disciples are all unimportant people. And he uses them to change the world. The people that he heals are people that were outcasts and were not, you know, uh, lovable or, or part of society especially in the case of like, you know, the demoniac and the one with leprosy and the woman he met at the well in Samaria, like all of these unsavory types of people are the exact people that Jesus went out of his way to interact with, to give value and, and oh, what's the word? Um, oh my gosh, my brain just broke. Agency. There we go. Um, to show that though society ignored them or cast them out or said, you know, you're not good enough, you're clean or you're dirty, whatever, the savior of the universe, the guy who created it and holds it all together, took the time to directly connect with those people and change them. And that is, we see that. That's just par for the course for Jesus. And it's one of the reasons that he would get mad at the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they knew all of Scripture, but they didn't act it out. Right. And that was his biggest contention was the hypocrisy between what they knew and how they lived. So all of that to say, like I, I can get with you on the not so much the God's too busy part, but the like, I'm not important enough for him to care part. Like I can get that. Right. That's, but that's something like some negative psychological self-talk. Right. But if we look at Jesus and we look at God and the way things are ordered and, and all of the things that he's done to make life here beautiful and abundant, it's clear that he does care mm-hmm. and that he would want to communicate with us. He communicates with us, through the things that he's created, right? He's communicating to us his appreciation for beauty and diversity and for fun. Like in all the things that he's communicating through creation and through us, like it, it just becomes evident. The only one that thinks we're unimportant is us. And, you know, God would not have done what he did with Jesus if we were not important, if we were unimportant. Why die for an unimportant person or persons, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't, you don't sacrifice for people that you don't hold in high regard right. and you don't do it in, in, in this case when they're actively your enemies, unless you care deeply for them. Right. So I just, I think it's easy to fall into that trap of thinking like you, you and I have said, we're just not that important. God's too busy. Eh, I'm just a guy. I'm just a girl. What, you know, whatever. But that's just not true. Right. Yeah, and and I guess, you know, the thing that I would just say with that is, is I truly think that God speaks to us daily um, and then multiple times throughout the day. 
I, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but that's kind of the, the next part about being in tune to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I not only is I, do I truly believe the reality is, is God can speak to us daily. He can speak to us multiple times throughout the day. And I guess this is the transition to the next truth, unless you want to keep going Go for there. it. But it's truly about being in tune to him, you know, making that effort to listen to hear to him and hear from him. Because um, when I think about not hearing from God or God not speaking to me, it's because I am not doing the things that allows him uh, to speak to me, which for me in particular, there's two things. One, it's spending time in the Bible. And then two, it's spending time being quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I think about my average day without making any effort, I'm the one who's too busy. You know, <laughs> I'm rushing off somewhere. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to quiet my mind, you know. And so, yeah. So I guess not only do I believe he would, but I believe he does it a lot more frequently uh, than we might even suspect or even give credence to unless we were reading a book like this or thinking about it. Mm -hmm. There's a quote um, a little bit past halfway through this section that says, hearing God as a reliable day-to-day reality for people with good sense is for those who are devoted to the glory of God in the advancement of his kingdom. And I think that's a nice quote that sums up what you just said, right? Like if you're not doing the things that you need to do to attune your heart and your mind to hearing God, Mm -hmm just going to blow right past it you know and that's i think often i mean that's the case with anything right like if in any relationship if you're not thinking about you know what is good and beneficial for your wife or your kids and you're not putting Mm -hmm. the effort in to listen like what you know, how can I, how can I bless them? What, what are they going through? Uh, what, what nonverbals am I getting from them? What do I know about, uh, you know, surrounding circumstances that might cause them to, you know, be in a rough spot, be it at work or, you know, other, you know, just the more aware you are of their world and what's affecting them, the more easily you can listen to them but you can also proactively do things, right? And that's the same thing here. You know, I, I, I can tell, I mean, just if I'm not in Scripture regularly, I'm doing life on my own, and mm-hmm. that's a recipe for bad things to happen. But when I'm regularly reading Scripture just for my own reading not for not for writing a study or writing a lesson or making a video or if 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 I'm just reading just to read I can tell a difference in how I live and how right. I feel and I'm way more attuned to what's going on around me instead of being so focused on me 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 right because when I'm living, when I'm living f- for myself, I'm living for myself. And God has a great ability to help me and other people 
quickly realize there is much more going on than, you know, just what's lives in my head. There's, yeah. there's a whole wide world out there. Yeah. And you know, even in that, like, you know, it's, it, again, it's that spending time with him and, and being in his presence and in our motivation should be, uh, his glory mm-hmm. and the advancement of his kingdom. Doesn't mean we, we can't make requests of him. He wants us to make requests of him. He wants to know, as we've discussed in earlier chapters, what we desire. Like we've just, you know, we've discussed there's that two way street there. But if we, if, if our conception, our, our percept, our perception of, of what prayer is about is asking for him all the time and it's not really his glory or the advancement of his kingdom it's make me happy make my life easy like all that kind of stuff that can cause us to not be able to hear him as well i think yeah absolutely and it it also just short changes what prayer can be in our lives right and if it's we think we're doing ourselves, we think we're benefiting ourselves. Oh, I'm praying. No, you're just, just <laughs> asking for stuff. Like, yeah, you're, you're leaving so much more on the table than a strictly transactional, you know, 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, there is one part uh, towards the end of this section that I that I want to read, and then we can maybe move to the next one. It says, you and I shall soon, and he's quoting uh, a guy named Frank Laubach, who I don't know who he is, but I'll read his quote anyways. You and I shall soon blow away from our bodies. Money, praise, poverty, opposition, These make no difference, for they will all alike be forgotten in a thousand years. But this spirit which comes to a mind set upon continuous surrender, this spirit is timeless. And I think that is a helpful quote to to just sort of internalize that like all of this other stuff that we get busy with, right? We can't take it with us. It's, you know, eternally pretty much useless, a lot of it. And we neglect the thing that we're going to have for eternity in favor of things that we might not even have next week. (laughs) Yeah. And that right there is the human condition. (laughs) Uh huh. All right. Uh, truth number three: God certainly can. And this is the one that I find the most curious. I think of these four is that God cannot communicate with us, like. How are you gonna yeah, make like, that? How are you gonna make that argument? Like I don't, I'm, I'm confused on this one. Uh, yeah, and yeah, even I, I'll even say that, like, 
the arguments for me just fall flat and I'm like no commentary on Dallas or anything, but a commentary on like, this doesn't even like, it's just when you, when, when you have a certain belief system and you're wired a certain way, um, it just, that this seems like nonsense to me. This falls in that category of can God build a rock so big that even he can't lift it, you know, <laughs> like you're just you, like, to me, this is just that whole, you're looking for reasons for it to not, for God, not to be God, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, well, and I guess to me, this might, the, 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 what this kind of summed up is, is there, there is no God. God, God can't talk to us because there is no God. Yeah, that's okay. That's, yeah, that's a much better way of putting it. Um, Because again, I'm coming at it from what I think of God, obviously. Right, exactly. And to say say that 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 God can't talk to people (laughs) is crazy. But to your point, and this is this section very much gets into the, uh, the science versus faith debate and you know this is not this is a very surface level um handling of that and he even says it like this is not the book nor do i have the space to go like there's whole shelves in libraries full of books on this very subject that i encourage you Mm -hmm. to go read if that's something that you're into (laughs) um i've got a couple and you know they're very interesting in that regard um but one of the things like he goes into this whole deal about like the reality of space and matter and, you know, nearness and, and how, you know, how God is, what does it say? Um, he can be nearer to us even than our own eyes, ears and brain are near um, because God is not. Uh, what's the word trapped by matter like we are like right, we are yeah. we are trapped in our bodies for the time being we are we are subject to the laws of physics and you know all of that sort of stuff because we inhabit matter in the way that we do and but god is fundamentally different and he can be nearer to us than our own brains and eyes yeah while not actually occupying the physical space yeah which is fun to think about. I suppose that would be the other option for the argument here. Cause he even talks about how the size of the gap or the, yeah, the size of the galaxy, the universe, the size of the universe. Um, I, I, I suppose there could be an, a concept of, you know, if you were at one end of the galaxy and I was at the one end of the galaxy, then the distance between us would make it difficult for him to speak to us. And so he kind of has the argument of God is not sitting at the edge of the universe mm-hmm. watching all of us. He is physically present here with us, you know. And I did, like, I, I do believe physically, like, I think there is an element of physical presence of God in the world. It's not just a spirit or just a feeling or whatever. Like I, I true, I personally believe that there is a physical element to God's present here with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that everybody has to agree with me on that, but <laughs> there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot here. Like if you really want to get into the, 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 the science versus faith 
debate. Like I said, there's a bunch of books, but there are a couple really interesting quotes here um, that I'll just throw out there. There's one that says, and then he's quoting um, Sir James Jean, who is uh, a physicist or was a physicist. says, today there is a wide measure of agreement which on the side of physics approaches almost to unanimity that the stream of knowledge is heading towards a non-mechanical reality. The universe begins to look more like a great thought than a, like a great machine. Mind no longer appears as an accidental intruder into the realm of matter. We are beginning to suspect that we ought rather to hail it as the creator and governor of the realm of matter. Like, I feel like I need to be ingesting illegal hallucinogens to completely grasp <laughs> that whole, like, like, whoa, like, man, far yeah. out, dude. I mean, cause it is, it is a pretty like mind blowing, like concept of like, if, if, if you are truly, if you are truly a scientist and God's not really in the equation of it all for you and you start looking at the universe as a whole and you're like you arrive at a place of like, this is less mechanical. This is less like a big machine and it's more appropriate to describe it as a thought. Like, I'm just like that. I mean, again, if you, if you, if you, if you're somebody that doesn't think God is real or that God is the God that we're talking about and you come to that kind of a conclusion, I mean, that is kind of a mind blowing like truly like, oh, dude, that's like intense, you know, like, <laughs> where's my car? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then it could be, we, it could just be an alien's mind that we're, you know, it's, there's no really a God. It's, it's alien. Yeah. It's an alien dream that we live in. Mm, indeed. Well, <laughs> sorry. No, there's, there's another, uh, another quote. Um, Nobel laureate Eugene Wigner uh, has pointed to a general recognition among physicists that thought or the mind is primary to physical reality. Says it is not possible to formulate the laws of quantum mechanics in a fully consistent way without reference to consciousness. Boom. I just. Th th <laughs> but to your point, right? Like this is science getting to a point where they have to start considering. Conscious decisions going into determining the realities that exist. Yeah. And that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I guess that's just like, it's hard to get outside of your own head and how you view things. Oh, absolutely. And I personally come from such a place of like, how can you look at, things like the world the universe our bodies mm -hmm. like to me that's where like to for me that's where like evolution just seems ludicrous is the fact that all this happened as an accident mm -hmm. you know and then even the concept of like the example that we you know in the earlier deal of of tuning in like the concept that we can transmit sound is such a crazy concept to me. The fact that we can transmit pictures is such a crazy concept to me. Like, and I know it can all be explained by science. I mean, I'm not like, 
I, I suddenly had this picture of caveman lawyer from Saturday Night Live. Do you remember the... Your ways, they frighten and confuse me. <laughs> but just even in that, like, like to me, I'm like, I know for the, some people, their brain goes, that is explainable because of science. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the concept that we can transmit sight and sound through the air and we can't see it, but it shows up if you have the proper device. Like, like that leads me even towards God. And I know that sounds like such a random thought or an abstract thought, but I'm just like, I just don't think that would be possible through evolution. And I feel like God designed the world to be able to do that is the best way for me to sum it up. Man, there's so many other good quotes in here, but I don't want just to be like a quote monkey. I'm just throwing quotes <laughs> at people. <laughs> I need to do better about picking out the quotes next time. I'm I am, like I'm, I'm I'm a, slacking uh, on that. I'm an avid underliner. I've got a whole code of symbols. There you go. Because I like books. Um... Yeah, I mean, you just want to go to the next one. Sure. I know that's a terrible transition, but you know what? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Works for me. All right, so the last truth is that God should communicate with us. Which, again... From my perspective, seems like, uh, well, duh. Yeah, of course he should. He's kind of, uh, you know, in charge. Yeah, I wish he would speak more. (laughs) Yeah, I fall in that camp of like, it'd just be easier for all of us. Gosh, (laughs) if you just showed up and... (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, he did show up and we killed him. So... Well, you that's know, kind of the whole first part of this chapter, that signs don't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, all, you can have all that, and that's not what faith or belief is really about. So, Well, and that's the crazy part, too, right? Like, there were people that saw Jesus, met him, saw what he did, heard him teach, watched him heal people, and were like, yeah, no, no, I'm good. Like, I, I just, I'm going to go over here and do my own thing. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that to me, that's the the mind-blowing epiphany of like how broken are we? Like how like how truly oh, what's the right word? Like how truly dysfunctional has sin made us? Mm-hmm. That someone could encounter Jesus in person and just carry on as they were without being affected whatsoever. And not only that, also be like, you know what? This dude's messing up the structure. Let's kill him. Yeah. Like how how truly dysfunctional are we from how we were intended to be to how we are now? Like how 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 much has sin truly ruined us? You know, and I think the answer is uh, way more than we ever would care to imagine, which, (laughs) 
sends us on this whole trail of, well, that doesn't allow us to appreciate what Jesus has done for, you know, like that whole, which we've talked about throughout the years on the show, but my gosh. You know, and not not even to put it on those people, but to put it on myself. Like, there's times where I'm like, I know I have the Bible. I know I should pray. Oh, yeah. I know that doing X, Y, or Z is not good for me and is a sin against God. But, you know, right now I don't care. I want to do what I want to do. And it's just like, hmm. Sound like a broken record sometimes, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So God should communicate with us. Why should God communicate with us, Dave? Um, Well, you know, one of the things for me that I took out of this is that God speaking to us is not just for the pastors. It's not just for the quote unquote leaders. It's not just for the, the people that are up front. And so one of the reasons why I think God should speak to us is, uh, because he's a relational God, he's a personable God. And because there is an individual um, judgment day, an individual day of being called to accountability. I think it would be unfair for a just God to only speak through certain people and not to be able to speak to everyone. And so why should God speak to us? Because he's a relational God. We're going to be called to account someday and it's not going to, I'm not going to be able to pawn it off on, well, my pastor said <laughs> this, you know, yeah, I'm going to have to say, well, I just didn't listen. You know, mm-hmm. I did my own thing, chose not to pay attention, chose to. And so that's why I think God should, should speak to us and speak to us individually. Um, because again, it's there's there's going to be an individual accountability. So, and for him to, and for him to do that, I think it has to be, you know, mm-hmm. an individual. Doesn't mean he doesn't use leaders. Doesn't mean, I mean, again, certainly Moses had a role that was different than the other Israelites. He had access in a way to God that the others didn't, and he brought messages to them. I mean, I, I don't want to say that God doesn't do that, um, but so yeah, that's why that's why I think he should. So I don't know what Dallas is. <laughs> Kidding. Dave skipped the last section apparently. No, I mean I think. It's good. Solid chapter. Very solid. Ooh, I just saw the title for the next chapter. <laughs> the still small voice and its rivals. I think we're gonna get we're gonna get into some good stuff for the next chapter, Dave. I would agree. Very good. All right. Um 
Any any close? Oh, it's a long chapter. Oh, all right. Um, any uh, any any other thoughts? Before we uh, say farewell. No, I think I'm good. All right then. Uh, well, <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank uh, you for for joining me. It's always a pleasure. Uh, and uh, to our listeners, thank you guys and girls and peoples, all of you, for uh, taking the time to uh, listen to two dudes talk about a book. Um, yep. We hope you like it as much as we do, or more. In fact, that would be great. Um, anyways, uh, enough of me being awkward. Uh, this has been the 207th <laughs> episode of the Masterclass, and I just realized I didn't take any notes, so I don't have a title, and I didn't write down anything we talked about, so Future Cam's going to have a good time editing this one, but uh, show notes, supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 207, or in your podcast player of choice. That's it. Until next time. It was time. good. Yes. Same bat time. Same bat. Probably not. We haven't been consistent with release no. dates in, in far too long. And that's uh, that's me. That's my fault. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm going to stop talking now. Bye. Bye.